The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. America. Welcome Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTUV, WXYZ people, and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina, and I'm the editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. For our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warned you about. I hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us here on Monday morning. Hope you had a good weekend. Uh, I was not feeling too well yesterday, so I spent a good amount of time in bed, but uh, feeling a little better this morning. Um, if you'd like to check us out online, please do so. SonsOfLibertyRadio.com, SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. In fact, if you want to watch the video portion of the radio show, head over to SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and uh, we're streaming live right there on the right side of the page. You can enlarge that if you'd like to do so. They hit us with another strike over on the backup channel at Setting Brush Fires on YouTube. So a few people are wondering about that by chance. Uh, that's why. Two more weeks of nothing over something we covered five weeks ago with Pizzagate. Uh, another one of those. That's called, it's called harassment and cyberbullying. That you just simply showed tweets and posts and things of that nature from people who seem to be, from all appearances, pedophiles. Okay? That's cyber. That's cyberbullying and harassment by YouTube's terms. Two of them. Two of them, by the way. If you'd like to give us a call and uh, chime in today, uh, again, not going to be Chinese Buffet today. We had that on Friday. But if you'd like to chime in on what we're going to talk about today, which is on the issues of voter fraud, the militia, and the power of the people to do something about that, you can call in 215-TOP-TALK, 215-867-8255. Be happy to take your call. Uh, this morning, or if you have a comment on any of that, we'd take your call on that as well. You can also check out our live video feed on my Twitter account at FPPTim. Periscope and Twitch, you can find us at Setting Brush Fires. Facebook is Bradley Dean SOL. Our YouTube channel is B Dean Sons of Liberty. Before it's news.com, we're right there on the front side, front page, and then uh, also DLive.tv. Lots of new friends there. We appreciate you guys as well at The Sons of Liberty. All right. So with that said, we uh, we had uh, Captain Carl on and before uh, uh, last week, and I told uh, you guys we're going to have him on probably a couple of days this week. So he's going to be on here in just a moment. What I want to let you know was one: if you did not get Bradley's show on Saturday, <laughs> you really need to check that out on our YouTube channel. All right, the one that he did on Saturday. I mean, he was on fire. I was listening to it. I was like, man, this is going to go, and it did. And uh, if you missed it, you really need to to listen to the message he had uh, on that show. Also, on Saturday, Kate joined us. 
sharing the situation that's going on in the UK. By the way, afterwards, uh, she's very emotional about uh, the appreciation that of the support that she receives, not only from the Sons of Liberty, but from you guys in the chat and on the radio. Um, you wouldn't believe some of the things that she's under. Some of you have read about uh, some of the attacks she has had. And uh, some of those attacks have come in the way of financial stuff because of them taking her computers, uh, her phone, and keeping that. And she had a lot of financial data on there. And so it's made it very difficult uh, for her to, you know, take care of her needs that she has just day to day. And so I told her, I said, do you have a PayPal account or something like that if people want to donate to you? And uh, so she sent that over to me. Um, It is, if you're interested, it's uh, flawless me, F L A W L E S S M E at outlook.com. Flawless me at outlook.com. If you want to uh, send her some money to help her in any way, that's up to you. And um, uh, she would really appreciate that. And, and she didn't initiate that, I initiated it. So uh, she doesn't have her hand out, but uh, I sense that she's got that, that need there. So any of you guys who can help meet that need, uh, please do that. And if you if you didn't get that, You can uh, go to sonslibertymedia.com, click the contact, send me a message and ask for that, and I'll be glad to get it, get that information to you if you feel led to to help Kate. All right, with that said, um, we're going to bring on Captain Carl, and uh, we appreciate him getting up extra early because he's an hour ahead of me, so it's like five, it's just after five o'clock his time there, and uh, good morning, Captain Carl. Good morning, Tim. Pleasure to be on your show once again. It's always great. Yeah, and every time we get to get to talking, it's it's like uh, let's make this short, and then it turns into an hour. Uh, so <laughs> uh, we had a good conversation though yesterday, and I told uh, you know Captain Carlos, I said one of the things that we were going to do was we were going to discuss uh, constitutional money. Maybe we're going to get to that tomorrow. I don't know, uh, but this thing with uh, the 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 voter fraud, with the challenges of that, and now we have the media coming in and declaring that uh, Joe Biden is a president-elect, despite the many challenges and the, I don't know, the the blatant, in some cases, voter fraud that's taken. I mean, it's just blatant. And you say, well, are you taking up for Trump now? Well, I'm taking up for our process that we have set up. And if, if that means that Trump wins, then that means that's what it is. But the fact of the matter is, is we have laws in place Many of the, many of the states are not following those laws. We're including things like um, uh, the electronic vote, and I was trying to pull up that article. So while you're talking, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to pull that up where we can listen to this guy who talks about uh, he's designed the software and he says I can flip it one percent uh, for somebody else uh, and nobody would ever know it. So that's one of them. And then we have some other things that are going on as well. So. I'm going to kick it over to you. What are your thoughts on what we've seen so far out of this uh, this election cycle? Well, I would say that probably one of the biggest things is the fraud that's designed in the programming of the tabulators for the vote. So what you have is a ballot reader. So when you do your ballot, it goes through a reader. At that point, typically everything is just fine as far as all the reports that I've read. However, those, those votes get uh, counted in the, in the reader, and then they take the memory card from that, reader, uh, from that reader, and then they put it into the tabulator. Well, there's a program 
on the memory card. And that memory card has uh, uh, software in it. Uh, a lot of times it's from Diebold. Uh, and then there's a couple others as well, I believe. And the tabulator can actually make reverse votes. So let's say Trump has, you know, <clears throat> let's say he has a positive 50 votes out of that one machine. I'm just throwing that number up in the air. Well, the tabulator goes through the program that's inside, secretly inside of that memory card, and all of a sudden he'll have a negative 16 votes. Now, this is something that actually happened in one of our late in the 2000 election where there were actually negative votes. This came up on a documentary called Hacking Democracy, uh, which is a 2006 film. It's where just ordinary citizens from a neighborhood, just (laughs) ordinary people, went and started doing investigations because they noticed that something must be wrong. So they did some dumpster diving. They went to different companies. They went to Diabol. They got some computer scientists to test out the software back in uh, 2005 or 2006, something like that, uh, that's that's residing on these memory cards. And they were able to make negative votes, okay? So if you vote positively, the votes go to the other side, and then the original side that was supposed to get the votes has negative votes. Uh, and that's all documented in a video called Hacking Democracy. It is available on YouTube. I just checked yesterday. Um also, the concern was so great that one of my organizations called We the People Congress, We the People Foundation, and a gentleman, a very knowledgeable gentleman, great constitutional patriot by the name of Bob Schultz, uh, we took the information that we had way back in about the middle 2000s, maybe it was 2007 or somewhere back in there, and we tried to bring that up to the Supreme Court of the United States. And the Supreme Court of the United States back in the in that year rejected us and refused to have you know give us a hear you know a hearing, and so here we still have after uh, you know a dec- you know a decade and a half the same problem, and here we are with the American people having to suffer with uh, not having their votes counted or counted properly, and the votes actually going to the opposite side instead of the side that they voted for. Uh, this is intolerable, and in my own personal opinion, uh, the people who are responsible for executing the laws of the Union, which is clearly stated in the Constitution under Article 1, Section 8, Clause 15 of the Constitution, need to do something about this. And we need to take this to the courts, and we need to do whatever we need to do to change this and make it happen. Personally, I think that the people who are specifically responsible for executing the laws of the union need to start making some arrests. Okay. Like they tried to arrest uh, somebody who is a proven capital felony treasonous insurrectionist. Um, they tried to arrest her and they ended up getting arrested by the deep state, which are the agencies and bureaus that are expressly prohibited from even existing in the first place, pursuant to 10th amendment law and order. And those people by name, are the same name as in the Second Amendment law, the security, the security of the free free state, um, the the militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. What I am telling you is that according to Article One, Section Eight, Clause Fifteen of the Constitution, it's we the people and the militia, 
which is all people, all American citizens between the ages of 17 and 45 are in the militia. Folks, what I'm telling you is this situation is up to us to fix. It says in the preamble of the Constitution that we, the people, are the rulers, the leaders, and higher powers over the President of the United States, over our courts, over our justices, over our DAs, over all Republicans and Democrats, because it was we, the people, who it states very clearly in the preamble of the Constitution, ordained and established our laws, quote-unquote, ordained and established our laws to, quote, secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. So if we let this go again, and again, this is since at least 2006, since 2000, with the, you know, with the election of uh, George Bush, between George Bush and uh, the, the guy who invented the Internet, <laughs> um, you know, it's our fault. It's totally our fault, and it's our state's fault. All of these enforcement actions are supposed to come through our states. According to the first law, according to the currently existing First law in U.S. Code, which is what? The first law in U.S. Code, the existing law, is the Declaration of Independence. And that gives way to and is the key to understanding the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. Without the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution makes absolutely, utterly no sense whatsoever. And it's a worthless document. Same thing with the Bill of Rights. The Declaration of Independence made it possible to have a constitution and to be able to interpret it, what it means. So we got to first read and study the Declaration of Independence. We need to study the, the Federalist Papers so we know what the Constitution is supposed to mean. And the states have been given the authority. No, the states always had the authority because they were free, independent, sovereign countries due to the first law in U.S. Code, which is the Declaration of Independence. Well, they, and it, it, goes, it, goes, it goes even further than that. They have, it, they have that authority because they're the ones who created the federal government, not the other way around. And so the federal government is really um, you know, our creature, uh, if you will, the, the state's creature, to do, is supposed to do our bidding, and that is those limited things we find in Article I. Uh, it, that's, that's, all it's, that's all it's supposed to be doing. And yet, it's, yeah, it's trying to do everything within, uh, you know, it's trying to get in every area of our life. I mean, you, you hear immediately Joe Biden come on uh, stage the other night and, and talk about, oh, the American people voted for climate change and, uh, you know, gun right, you know, gun restrictions and all this other stuff. And it's like, no, nobody point, nobody voted for any of that. We voted. It doesn't matter who got in office. The vote is there for you to uphold the Constitution, and, and only that. It uh, doesn't matter what your particular you know thing is that you're getting off on. You're only supposed to be doing that, not this other stuff. Now, I was able to find this one thing. I want to. Um, I hope it'll play. I hope they haven't pulled it. It's showing the picture properly for YouTube, but who knows uh, with how they react. This is something that um, I wrote on several years back. This was... Uh, I wrote on it in 2016. Uh, this gentleman here, uh, Clinton Eugene Clint Curtis, is an American attorney, computer programmer, and ex-employee of NASA and ExxonMobil, if that tells you anything. He told the world in the open testimony that voting machines, and we'll do both of these. We'll do the voting machines and we'll do the, um, the issue of the paper ballots that are, that are dealt with as well. But he told them that the voting machines are not only hackable to determine an election, but that he designed the program to do it 
in 2000. Um, this is him under oath, and I believe this happened in Ohio. Here, here is, uh, here's Clint. Mr. Mr. Curtis, would you please state your full name for the record? My name is Clinton Eugene Curtis. And where do you reside? Tallahassee, Florida. And what is your profession? I'm a computer programmer. Would you please speak into the microphone so the audience can hear your testimony? I'm a computer programmer. Mr. Curtis, are there programs that can be used to secretly fix elections? Yes. How do you know that to be the case? Because in October of 2000, I wrote a prototype for President Congressman Tom Feeney at the company I work for in Obito, Florida, that did just that. And when you say did, did just that, it would rig an election? It would flip the vote 51-49 to whoever you wanted it to go to and whichever race you wanted to win. And would that program that you designed be something that elections officials that might be on county boards of elections could detect? They'd never see it. Mr. Would you answer that question once again? They would never see it. So how would such a, such a program, a secret program that uh, fixes the election, how could it be detected? You would have to view it either in the source code or you'd have to have a receipt and then count the hard paper against the actual vote total. Other than that, you won't see it. All right, Mr. Curtis, uh, if you had been asked, you or others with your professional expertise had been asked to design a protected program to, that would protect the Ohio elections from against, against such software to fix the election, could you have done so? If we'd been asked to make a program that could fix the election, sure, anybody can do it. No, could you have designed a program or to, a procedure or a protocol that would have protected Ohio against this kind of rigging? No, you have to look at the source code. You have to get probably programmers from both or all parties to look at the source code and determine if there's anything in there that shouldn't be there. I mean, it's a simple program. You're adding one to a person's total. It's a hundred lines of code tops. There's All right. If, uh, are you aware of whether there was any protective action in Ohio against this kind of vote rigging through software? I don't know. You don't know? I don't know. You were, you were not asked to assist in the development of any protective system. Is that correct? No, I was not. In Europe, have you uh, reviewed at all the election results in Ohio? No, I haven't. Okay. Given the availability of such uh, vote rigging software and the testimony that has been given under oath of substantial statistical anomalies and gross dis dis differences between exit polling data and the actual tabulated results, do you have an opinion whether or not Ohio election, the Ohio election, presidential election, was hacked? Yes, I would say it was. I mean, if you're, if you have exit polling data that is significantly off from the vote, then it's probably hacked. And your testimony is under oath. Yes, sir. And the testimony you've given is true. Yes, sir. Thank you. Okay, there is uh, there is his testimony, and um, uh, we see 
that that this continues on for a little bit. Um, I'm not sure they yeah they do bring him back. So let me switch to that because Carl's taking a break there. Let me switch back here because this is what uh, this is that was the first part. So he's saying he believed the election was. So my and I have the same question back and to the podium. Okay, so he's he's being brought back up. Who did you say you were asked to prepare? I was asked by Tom Feeney. He's now a congressman. At that time, he was. Uh, Speaker of the House of Florida, Yang Enterprises, which was the company I worked for, lobbyist, and their corporate attorney. Wore a lot of hats. And at the time, he was the Speaker of the House of Florida, is that what you said? Yes. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Congressman. You say he was the, the lobbyist for the voting machine company at the same time he was Speaker of the House? I don't know what the voting machine company is. He was a lobbyist for Yang Enterprises. We had NASA contracts. And, and Yang Enterprises did what? Computers? Computers. Okay, and he was your lobbyist? Your he was a lobbyist for that company, yes. And he asked you to design a, to see, to design a code to rig an election? Yes. While he was Speaker of the Florida House? Yes. This was during or previous to the 2000 election? Yes, October, end of September. And did he ever express why he wanted a code to rig an election? No, I immediately assumed that they were trying to keep you guys from cheating them. So, <laughs> so I wrote up the documentation of what you would look for in the source code, how you would make sure that you didn't get you know, taken advantage of, make sure that all voting machines had receipts, because that way you could back count the ones that looked a little funny. And I handed it over. By receipts, you mean a paper trail? Yes, paper trail. And I handed that in to Mrs. Yang and said, here's your report, here's your program. And she said, you don't understand, we need to hide the fraud in the source, in the source code. Hide the fraud, not reveal the fraud. Not reveal the fraud, because it's needed to, con to control the vote in South Florida, was what she said. Whoa, That's what she said. What your, knowledge, your knowledge, was this used? I have no idea. I, I was ready to leave. So, <laughs> so and, I retired and, and left the company. Your testimony a moment ago, I think you said just before you left and answered the Congresswoman Tubbs Jones question. That, would you just repeat what you said in terms of uh, the, the uh, exit polls? Oh, the exit polls should not be significantly different from the vote. And if they were, you would conclude what? I would conclude someone's playing with the vote. Now with the exit polls? That's possible too. Okay, something, I why something is definitely skewed. Something is skewed in one or the other or both. Right. To select which one, you'd have to see where the problem is. Let me ask you one further question. Assuming for the moment that such software, that's what you call it, such software to, to rig a vote was used in one or more machines in Ohio or in Florida, could you today detect that if you looked at the source code? If you could get the machines and they have not been patched yet, I mean, once they get in and touch them, anything can happen. You can also set timers to do that, but then you see the timers. Then you'd have to take those machines, decompile them, which I couldn't do, but possibly a Microsoft, an MIT, something could do. You might, you might be able to see it. You might. Not, this depends on how good they are at destroying what they had. Destroying what they had by tampering the machine afterwards or by programming a, a destroyed uh, instruction in the first place. Right, because since you didn't... Both, either or both? Either or both. You, you didn't actually see what's in there, so you don't know if the code is running in a single executable or running in various modules. If it's running modules, you can make the code actually eat itself. Let me ask you one further question. We've, I have heard, I've been told 
that people who assume that lots of the election results, or that a large fraction of the election result in any state may have been affected by uh, deliberate fraud in the computer, are, are paranoid because the, in order to do that, you'd have to have access to thousands of machines and that, that would be readily detectable. To what extent is that true? It depends on the technology you use. If you did a central tabulation machine that fed in, all you'd have to do is set a flag. You set a flag, the central, tabula tab central tabulation machine would then flip your vote. So if you... So one person putting in bad code in a central tabulation machine could affect thousands and thousands or tens of thousands of votes. Right, and you could activate and you could activate either automatically or you could make it so that there's code existing on like an electronic machine that feeds it where you would punch it in, it would set the flag, the server would see the flag and then... And if you had a recount uh, and there were no, like, no paper trail, would that be, assuming that that had happened, would that be revealable by seeing a discrepancy between what the tabulator, the central tabulator showed and what the individual machines, which had not been tampered with, showed? Not if I wrote it. Why not? In other words, in other words... I would make a match. You could, you could work back from the tabulator to the individual machines, so the tabulator would tell the machines to switch their results? Yes. It talks both ways. You can flip it to whatever you need. And they actually did talk to each other, the, yes. the machines and the tabulator. As long as it was hooked up, as long as it was networked together, they could talk to each other. So in other words, there's absolutely no assurance whatsoever on anything with regard to these machines. Absolutely none, unless you look at the source code and make sure it's safe before it goes out. Thank you very much. Thank you, Congressman Mathers. Uh, I know that Congresswoman Waters has a question, then Senator Miller, and then Congresswoman Stephanie Tubbs-Jones. This will uh, only take a moment if you would come back to the... Uh, <laughs> I'm new at this. As you know, um, there, there has been a lot of uh, discussion about, uh, I think it was Diebold, um company, their relationship to the president and uh, the administration, and supposedly comments about um, helping to ensure uh, that the president was reelected. In your world, in your environment, uh, have you heard any of this kind of discussion? Do you know people who work for Diebold? Uh, do you have any sense of any um, actions that may have been taken? I don't know anything about that at all. Thank you. Sorry. Senator Miller. Thank you, Madam Chair. Sir, I suspect people will attack you in terms of your credibility. Could you restate once again your, your credentials? Uh, I'm a programmer. I work for NASA, work for ExxonMobil, work for um, Florida Department of Transportation, and other elements of my story, because this company, well, let's get into it. Why not? <laughs> this company also, they have NASA contracts, and they were basically downloading tons of information, I mean gigabytes worth, and handing them off to this little Chinese guy named Henry Nee, and it didn't seem right, and you know, he was hacking things, and I wrote a program for DOT that allowed contractors to send their information into DOT, and he was kind of the quality assurance guy for software. He put a wiretapping module in the program that went out to the contractors so that it actually sent everything they sent back to Yang. 
So I reported all this, and just last March, I think, he was arrested for attempting to send anti-tank missile chips to the capital of Communist China. So, if that's correct, this is such a small thing. <laughs> of course, I think he only got a $100 fine. And no time. Thank you. Congresswoman Stephanie Tepps Jones. Thank you. Thank you. We're, we are now going to. Okay. All right. We've, uh, we've got this, we've got this testimony here. Now this, uh, somebody was asking in the chat, if I, if I recall correctly, yeah, this testimony was in 2006. Okay. So we're going, this is 14 years ago. Uh, that was before the U S house judiciary members in Ohio. Okay. Um, and, uh, this is his testimony of what was going on then. And, you know, I see the, the question, I see some of the statements in the, um, in the chat. Well, they're not going to do anything. And, you know, that is our mindset. They're not going to do anything. They're, who is they? Because we already know that uh, those that we've elected as representatives aren't doing anything. We know that. But the thing that we want to bring up here is what Carl was saying before I played this. It is up to the people, you and me, not they, you and me, all of you guys in the chat, me, Captain Carl. It's up to us to form ourselves here in our counties to be the militia, to be the law and the constitutional law enforcers. Now, I'm not talking about being some, you know, ragtag uh, gang thug members. We're talking about we are the we're the law enforcers of the Constitution. Not the FBI, not uh, your alphabet agencies, or or even your local police department. We are to be the ones to enforce that. And so, you know, Captain Carl, this is one of the things that, <clears throat> this is why I wanted to play that, was people in the chat are going, can you believe this? This guy needs a Kevlar suit and all this kind of stuff. You know, man, they were doing it then, they're doing it now. And the people, and I think it's, I think it's orchestrated. I sent you an article, and, and folks, you can check it out at sonsoflibertymedia.com. It's, it's the top one right now by David Rizzolata on the election, on, on uh, voter fraud, uh, Q, and I forget the other part of the title. I'll have that linked in on the archives this morning. You really ought to read that. This is an Alinsky tactic. It is, it is to make people feel like they're helpless because they're doing this fraud right out in front of your face. This is just right. the this one right here is sort of behind the scenes one, but the paper ballots are right in your face. So, Kevin Carr, what what do we have here? You 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 got this kind of thing. Let's take this one first, then we'll take the paper ballots. You got this one. What's the first thing that really needs to be happening? That the people well, first, like we talked about the other day, the people need to form themselves into militia groups that can be used, preferably under someone like the sheriff of their county. Um, right. so that, so that they can have an authority there, uh, that's recognized by the people that the people put in there that will direct them, Hey, we're going to go deal with this, this way, that, and the other, uh, what, what are some other things that people can do on this front right here with the whole idea of a computer election ballot kind of thing? Okay. Full disclosure here. First of all, I want to let everybody know that I'm with the constitutional sheriffs and peace officers association. And just so everybody on this broadcast here who are listening in know, you can all become members of uh, the Constitutional Terrorists and Peace Officers Association, that's CSPOA, okay? Um, you can join up and you can help the cause 
to have uh, our sheriffs and all, it's like 3,300 counties approximately, plus or minus. We can get all of our sheriffs to be constitutional sheriffs who, 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 who honor their oath to support and defend the Constitution against all enemies, both Republicans and Democrats. And that's one of the things that we need to do as a people. We need to support this premise that uh, was founded by, uh, by Sheriff Mack. His name is Sheriff Mack. And, uh, and he actually went to the Supreme Court and won against the Brady Law uh, for us to have uh, firearms. Uh, which the Brady Law was completely trying to stop, and they were trying to force sheriffs to uh, to uh, enforce the Brady Law. And Sheriff Max said, no, we're not going to do it. He found some, another sheriff that didn't want to do it. And so they brought this to the Supreme Court of the United States, and the Supreme Court of the United States ruled that we, the people, as militia of the Second Amendment law, have the right to keep and bear arms. And the reason is, is because according to the preamble of the Constitution, like I said, we, the people, ordained and established our laws on all of our public servants at every single level of government, including the highest level of government, which is our local town or city, and then the next lowest uh, government, which is our county, and then the next lowest government, which is our state, and the lowest of all governments, the, the, the federal government. Okay, the ones that have the deep state, which are a plethora of agencies and bureaus that are expressly prohibited, explicitly prohibited from even existing pursuant to 10th Amendment law and order. Well, the constitutional sheriffs support the 10th Amendment law, like I said, against all enemies, both Republicans and Democrats. And Tim, I love the way you said that before about, you know, President Trump, that you don't support necessarily President Trump. But you do support the Constitution and the rule of law. The rule of law is the Constitution and the Bill of Rights and the Declaration of Independence before that. And so that's the reason why what everybody listening to this show needs to do is find out about the Constitutional Sheriffs and Peace Officers Association, support that cause, and and and, and turn your county sheriff or vote for a new one if necessary. Absolutely vote for a new one if you need to. But get a constitutional sheriff in your county. And then the constitutional sheriff, when he when they see a federal agency that is usurping powers that were not delegated to them under Article 1, Section 8 of the Constitution, where it lists out only 17 or 18 powers and spending privileges that we the people ordained and established on Republicans and Democrats so that we could have our wages, our salaries, our lives, and our property protected from the IRS and protected from mob voting rule because a democracy is outlawed under Article 4, Section 4 of the Constitution, as well as other provisions in the Constitution, and most especially the Tenth Amendment law. Republicans and Democrats are not authorized to spend money on anything. End of story. That's it. Yeah. Except for the 18 things itemized under Article 1, Section 8 of the Constitution. Well, the things that they can write law about, that's that's what that's exactly what you're saying. The things that they're allowed to write law about, that's right. what they can that's what they can spend money on and they can't do it on anything else. But yet Including this spending bills by yeah, the way. Right. And so and 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 
neither is the president allowed to sign them. This is what people aren't getting. <clears throat> so when people were giving me a hard time, when I'm pointing out things that Donald Trump is signing, it's the same thing. It applies to the president, too. He, he's only supposed to sign bills that are constitutional. So if you're saying, well, the, well, the Democrats are sending him this, well, he, it's his duty to veto those things. It's not his duty to sign them to, to quote, make sure national security is okay or, you know, make things politically expedient. He's supposed or, to do or the to, hard Or to have a compromise where right. the, the president says, I'll sign this bill if you guys promise to spend money on this. Right. Or promise to make this a law. Exactly. And Constantly compromising, and guess who? Guess who hangs in the balance? It's us. We the people. Yep. Our wages hang in the balance. Our salaries, our personal property, our lives, and our liberty hang in the balance. Yep. And do you know? Wait, Tim. You know this. You talk about it every so often. <laughs> I heard you. Uh, you you stated that the president actually swears an oath to support and defend the Constitution against against all enemies. And here he's saying a bill that's absolutely from insurrectionist, treasonous uh, congressmen, both Republicans and Democrats, and he signs that bill when he promises uh, not to do that, to execute the laws of the union, so help me God? Are you kidding me? I mean, any president that signs a bill that is repugnant to the Constitution and the rule of law, I mean the real law, Meaning the Constitution and the Bill of Rights really should be hung as a as a as a traitor, um, and that's actually j- the job of the militia under the original law of uh, ten U.S. Code twenty three eighty one. That used to used to talk about the the posse uh, being used to uh, bring up any capital felony treasonous uh, insurrectionists that we've elected. And bring them to a jury, have a full trial before a jury of their peers, a full trial. And if they're found, if they're convicted by a jury of their peers, we of the posse, which is also another word for the militia, who would who would preferably operate under the county sheriff, uh, we would take them and hang them at the nearest busy intersection as uh, as a sign of anybody who we elect who violates our laws that we ordain and established upon them to secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and to our posterity. Uh, that's what that law originally stated. They wiped out, they totally cleared out the, the website, you know, the, the internet, and they, re- they changed that law to something that it did not originally mean to be. Um, having to do with uh, foreign, you know, foreign uh, actors and all that kind of stuff. Okay, although that would be included in treason, but capital felony treason is about any of our any of our our servants. They're public servants. They're our servants. We are the rulers. We are the rulers, uh, pursuant to the preamble of the Constitution, and we have a duty to make sure th- the most important election that we have today. It doesn't matter who we elect for president. Hmm. They don't have any powers. Look for yourself. Read the 10th Amendment law. They have no power to spend any money. We don't care about the Congress. We don't care about the Senate. They don't have any power. Look it up yourself. Read the 10th Amendment law. And remember that that applies to the 18 enumerated powers under Article 1, Section 8. What does matter, and this is critical, is who we elect for our state legislators. Those are the guys with all the power. 
The states have the power and, according to our founding fathers, the duty-bound to state nullify any usurpations of power or spending, uh, you know, that, that they produce that's opposed to the Tenth Amendment law or anything that isn't under Article One, Section 8 of the Constitution. That's the state's job. The founding fathers, like I said, are, they said, quote-unquote, they are duty-bound to state nullify any, any usurpation of power. Or yeah, spend it. Captain Carl, let's let's throw in something here because uh, I can just see people, they're saying, well, wait a minute, you're saying they're not a power. Uh, and I can see some people who've been taught wrong, okay, right. on the whole Romans 13 thing. Right. <clears throat> and Romans 13 does not say you just submit to any tyrant around. In fact, Paul says, he's saying there's nothing to fear from the ones who actually punish evildoers because they were, and then, and then they praise those who do good. So, and all throughout the Old Testament, all throughout the New Testament, whether it's Jesus and the Apostles, uh, John the Baptist, or any of the prophets, you see them opposing kings, those who were in authority, who were acting outside of their scope of authority. They were acting out from under the law, and they called them to repent of that. It was, it was both mm-hmm. a spiritual message and a political message. The political was, as I quoted from Rush Dooney the other day, the culture that becomes externalized, and it's also the politics that become externalized. So whatever the people believe, uh, that is supposed to identify what their culture is. And even the God of that culture, he's the lawgiver. So then we see that. Then we go back in the Old Testament, and you can go in the book of Judges. And you can see, it is the pe- even in the law, it is the people who are the ones to execute the law. You don't have this uh, magisterium set up, and they're doing everything. You Look, even when they carry out a capital punishment, it's to be done in the community, and it's to be done by all the people so that they see the consequences of sin, uh, which is a violation of the law, First uh, John uh, 3, 4, he says that that is the violation of a transgression of the law. And so it is the people, and this is what I think I, I'm, I told you the other uh, yesterday in our conversation, I see it, but I, I see it in the writing, I see it in um, sort of this abstract form, but I want to see the flesh on it. I want to see how, how, does, how does this work? Uh, and, and to give an example, when me and my wife, when we got married and we started understanding that, you know, God is the one who opens and closes the womb. We're trying to control that. He's the one who provides for us. Do we trust him or do we not trust him? We didn't see anybody really doing that, but we wanted to to take a step of faith because of what God has said. And so we began to learn. And then we God began to bring people in our lives. Where they had already done it, and we were seeing it fleshed out. That's what I want to see with the militia. I want to see that fleshed out. To where the people are the ones taking back. They are they are the the king of Romans one, if you will, in America. Right. We're right. we're the ones who are in authority, and mm-hmm. if we're not using our authority to deal with our servants, then we're good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. And that's what we've been that's what we've been having. So we've got to get our mindset that we can't leave it up to people like Donald Trump. We can't leave it up to the people in Congress. We can't leave it up even to the state legislatures. They're still our servants too because Absolutely. we elect them to represent us. But ultimately, uh, in the Tenth Amendment, it says to the states and to the people. And so we we've got to come together and we've got to figure out how to make this thing with the militia work so that we are the ones that we get so frustrated when we see these injustices. Uh, and especially many are frustrated over this election uh, stuff and the voting fraud and stuff like that. 
but we're the ones who can bring about some resolve to it. So I, I think that's where we want to go is helping people to see that. And <clears throat> look, when we go off the radio with Red State in about 10 minutes, I'm going to take and I've got a short little clip I want people to see. It is, it, and it is something that is, it's a, it's a movie rendition, and I'm going to put the whole movie up in the archive so you can watch it. But it is a, a short rendition of something that happened in our country several decades ago. And I think it is the, the prime example of what we're talking about, Captain Carl, where they were seeing election fraud, and it was up to the people to go in and put a stop to it. So uh, what do you say about... But let me just add a little bit more to the Romans 13 thing, because this is critical. And if you want to say I'm a little biased, I am. Listen, uh, I, I, in my heart and in my soul, you know, I love my father, God in heaven. Okay. I just do. That's just the way it is. Um, and I feel a real strength and bond with that personally. Okay. So I want to say that as an action plan, I believe personally that the first thing that the people listening to this show ought to do before they do anything else is go back to the Bible and read Romans 13, 1 through 5. I prefer the King James Version. I would ask that they read the King James Version because the other ones have a little bit of a different interpretation, but the King James Version is pure, okay, pure. And uh, read Romans 13, 1 through 5, and then remember... In my own personal opinion, I believe that God blessed America because one of the first things that the pilgrims did is they got on their knees and they and they declared that this land of America would be under in God's name. They, they declared the land in God's name. I believe that God blessed this, and that's the reason. Oh, my gosh. George Washington, if you read, you know, I study the Founding Fathers and the documents and the hand-penned documents of the Founding Fathers, the Constitution, Bill of Rights, all that. If you would read some of the writings of George Washington and how he uh, testified about the miracles that happened during the Revolutionary War, including the fact that a hurricane came up when, when, when George Washington and the Continentals and also the militia, the American militia freedom forces of the day, um, were fighting against all of our cops and all of our troops and red coats and killing them at every available mo- opportunity. Okay, and killing our government officials, um, they thought they were they thought they were done for. The whole armada of the of the of from from England, or, you know, from our government in England, they were coming across the ocean, a huge armada, and they were done for. The Continentals were done for. The war was over with, totally over with. The the militia was wiped out, uh, going to be wiped out by hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of 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 armada from our government that they were sending over to. Get rid of us, right? God struck up, this is honest God truth, struck up a hurricane and wiped out that armada right before George Washington, the Continentals, and our militia and our American militia freedom forces. And we're standing on the edge of the coastline going, Yeah, go God. Thank you, God. Oh my God. They were just it was just amazing. And so many more miracles. Even the even the miracle of Yorktown, where the French finally, after I think it was a couple of years finally showed up with their armada and they cut off George Wallace at the shoreline and George uh, I mean uh, George Cornwallis was trapped there on the shoreline between the American Militia Freedom Forces, the Continentals and the sea with the French 
If that isn't a miracle, they call that's formally called the miracle of Yorktown. We would have never won against our world superpower government. How could we win against the world's most powerful superpower to ever exist on a planet? It just wasn't going to happen, especially with that armada, with their with all their forces and, and, and weapons. And so I believe we need to go to Romans 13. We need to read the preamble of the Constitution so that we know who God ordained and established as his rulers, leaders, and higher powers in the supreme law of the land. And we also need to go to Article 6, Clause 2, to, 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 to find out what is the supreme law of the land. It's over every judge across the union, every single judge, whether they be, be a Supreme Court judge or whether they be a municipal judge or a county judge. The supreme law of the land reigns supreme because the supreme law of the land was ordained and established by God's rulers, leaders, and higher powers. And we need to establish that Romans 13 in America, I'm not talking about the other countries, okay, But in America, we do not have the divine right of kings. We have the divine right of God's ordained rulers, leaders, and higher powers, who are we the people. Look it up for yourself in this book right here, the Constitution. This book has a Constitution and a Declaration of Independence. And let me show you something else to motivate you to read this. Look how thin it is. That's the Declaration of Independence and the whole Constitution right there. Yep. That's thinner, that's that's smaller than most bills that Congress put out. <laughs> yeah, honestly. <laughs> honestly, most of those bills are against this. Yep. Almost all of them are literally against this. Yeah, let and me can, let me address let me address something that's going on in the uh, <clears throat> in the chat that Jeff posted. Uh, quote, the government of the United States is not in any sense founded on the Christian religion. That was John Adams' quote. Jeff, you're exactly right. And our, our, but our founders were not devoid of the, of the Christian religion's influence on them. This is why there is no wall of separation of church and state. The, yes. gover- the government that we established cannot tell the church what to do, but the church has every right to influence that government with the teachings of Christ. And so, Amen. yes, we're not one like Islam. <clears throat> if you would go to Sharia, that is all about Islam. You're going to convert. If you don't convert, we're going to give you the chance to get out, to pay the jizya tax, um, or, or to die. So there is an enforcement of the Islamic religion. America was not founded like that, to be a Christian religion nation. That's not what it was. But we were definitely were a, a Christian nation as founded even long before the Constitution with the Mayflower Compact. That come before. That set the stage. All of the states had that. All of the states except Rhode Island had a religious test oath. They had to affirm two things. Basically, the doctrine of the Trinity, that Jesus was God, that he was the only Savior of mankind, and that the Scriptures of the Old and New Testament were the Word of God. That's it. They could Anybody could live in the community. Anybody could live in the community. But only those who held office were those who were professed Christians. Does that mean they were perfect? No, but nobody said that. And nobody said that now, so I don't know why people want to argue that with me all the time. I mean, there is no perfect people here on the earth, okay? There's just not. Amen. But they are are to uphold the law, period. Right. So I wanted to address that. And that's the reason why... The founding fathers made a democracy against the against against the law of the supreme law of the land under Article Four, Section Four of the Constitution. They made a republic. That, for example, the Tenth Amendment law was so that we wouldn't be controlled by the voting mob. 
so that our individual God-given, the creator of the universe, the the rights, the powers, the wages, the salaries, uh, our skill sets, our ability to work, all these different things, they're ours. They're our individual rights. They're inherent rights. They're pursuant to the laws of nature and nature's God. And that is one of the reasons, and I feel this is critical. I want everybody to understand this. If it wasn't for our Father God, we'd have never won the Revolutionary War. We would never have this document. That's a fact. If God didn't cause that hurricane to pretty much wipe out the entire armada of our government coming over from England, we'd have never won the war. We'd have been done. We'd have been undone. That would have been the end of it. We wouldn't have freedom and liberty and our wages and our salaries and all the economic benefits that we have that came originally from God and this document, I believe, I personally believe that this document is an inspired document by God himself. And it's up to his rulers and leaders, to, who he ordained as his rulers and leaders, in the preamble of the Constitution, to correct all these situations. And how do we do that? We do that by electing state legislators. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to put out an action plan here. we got to send in a delegation from every single county of four to six guys into our legislatures, we need to, I'm going to exaggerate a little bit, but I feel like to grab a guy by the neck and say, hey, listen, we are going to make sure you get elected again so you get to keep your wages, your salaries here at the state legislature, and you get to keep all this power and all this stuff, and we'll keep keep paying you. We're going to pay you, of course, and pay you nicely like we do. But this is the deal. you got to make a pledge. If you make this pledge, we'll make sure you're reelected. We'll go around the neighborhood. We'll knock on the doors. We'll hand out pamphlets. We'll do everything to make darn sure you get reelected. But this is the deal. You got a pledge uh, to sponsor and pass an exact facsimile of the Kentucky and Virginia resolutions drafted by James Madison and Thomas Jefferson and augment that with an arrest provision so that all of our law enforcement agencies here in this state including municipal, county, which is a sheriff, and the, and the state law enforcement agencies can, uh, can arrest any federal agency and any deep state ag- agency, which are the agencies and bureaus that are expressly prohibited from even existing pursuant to 10th Amendment law, which I want to read in just a minute, uh, will be arrested uh, and, and the state state nullify all the use of powers. Now, just let Captain me read Carl, the Captain, Captain Carl, we got to close out the show uh, for the radio audience. You got about 10 seconds. Tell people how they can get in touch with you. Okay. Uh, you know what? Um, I'm just going to say this. If you want to get in touch with me, I used to have a Facebook page, but they have a thing against Jeffersonian constitutionists like I am. Okay. And they have an issue with the American Militia Freedom Forces of the Second Amendment. Right, you got five seconds. You got five seconds. Get it out. Uh, just uh, just email me at K-K-O-E-N-I-G-S at Hotmail. Uh, excuse me. K-K-O-E-N-I-G-S 1776 at Hotmail.com. Okay. All right. Uh I got to get you a clock there, <laughs> Sorry. but that's okay. I told people just to go through uh, Sheriff Max, Sheriff Max website, CSPOA uh, dot org, and they can, he can get in touch with you or they can hit the contact button on, 
Sons of Liberty Media, and they can send something to me. I'll get them in touch with you or whatever if people want to if, if people want to contact you. By the way, I dropped a link in. Some people were asking about the little booklet that you got, Declaration of Independence Constitution. It's easy to find. I just linked over there to Amazon. You can get about 10 or 11 of them and pass them out to your friends too. Uh, encourage them to read them. Uh Start I would say go to, go to NCCS, which is a national, uh, the national, uh, just look up NCCS and you'll find it. You can buy tons of these things for very cheap, very cheap. I've got hundreds and hundreds of them that I give out all the time. Okay. All right. It's the National Center for Constitutional Studies. Okay. All right. One of the things that I want to do is uh, I want to give a little clip here. Um, so this will give, this will give uh, us a break and then we'll come back and we'll close out the show. This is, um, this is what we're talking about. Okay. Now this is something that happened. Gosh, when did this, this was like in the forties, wasn't it? The battle of Athens. I was thinking, I believe you're, I believe you're correct. I think it was in the forties. I think you're right. Yeah. And, and so this is the battle of Athens, Tennessee, and a lot of people don't hear about it. Now what's going on here? And I think you'll find very interesting is that the people were being uh, hoodooed, if you will. You had the organized crime mafia set up in this town of Athens, and they were rigging the votes. And the people got together and says, we're not having any more of this. And they went armed and they went and took over where everything was and got the ballot box and counted the ballots out in the open. And there's an entire the, the movie. I'm going to have a link for that. The movie's like an hour and 40 minutes. So there's no way I can, I can uh, play that here. I mean, I guess I could and walk off and just let it play. But what I'm going to do is I want to play this. It's about 13 and a half minutes. This is where the the real stuff starts happening. And uh, I want you guys to, to know this has been done in the past. And if the people will come together, if they'll do what we're talking about with the militia, they'll be, they'll be the law enforcers. We can overcome this thing that we're dealing with. Uh, now too. So here is the pertinent point of the um, Battle of Athens fighting voter fraud and election fraud and here we go. Most of most of this militia were veterans that just got out of the Second World War. Yes.
folds are officially closed. Everybody out. What the hell do you think you're doing? I'm worried you and everybody else will leave these premises. Holes are closed. What the hell they are. These people came here to vote that. Every 10 minutes, another farmer with a shotgun pulls up. Yeah, yeah, Earl. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you better believe it's important. I got a bunch of renegade veterans with guns surrounding my jail. They're trying to steal the ballot boxes, that's what. No, no, I don't know how many. There's a there's 100 of them, maybe, maybe 200. Look, I need some help, and I need it fast. Yes, Earl, I have men, but I don't have enough to... Yeah. Yes, all right. You, you just hurry, you understand? Someday we'll see how fast I move when your back's up against the wall. Cover the window. What do you say? It's gonna mobilize the National Guard. We just have to sit tight and wait. In the meantime, let's do what we came here to do. Open it up! Tom! This is George Meade! We want two of your deputies to come down. 
Unarmed with the ballot boxes. Set them right down here in the middle of the street. We'll take them, do an official count, then we can all go home. Now, if I don't see that ballot box come through that door in one minute, we're going to open fire. You got 60 seconds. 20. You're out of your mind, George. We're the law here, not you. The National Guard's on its way, and they're going to... Who fired that shot? As soon as the National Guard gets here, they're going to shoot first, ask questions later. We'll go to prison, George. They don't kill us first. We've got to get those ballot boxes out of there before the Guard gets here. If we can do that, that's just a matter of time before we get a chance to tell our side of the story. Whole town's our witness. So what are we going to do, George? The brick's too solid. We can't shoot through it. They can stay in there all night. We'll just have to blow it. on you, Johnny. Let you walk away. Nobody blame you for staying away. It's different when it's a war, right, George? Yeah, but it shouldn't be. I'm not doing this for you. I'm doing this to get rid of Cantrell. I'm doing it because this is my town, too. Put your head down, amigo.
Where is he? I swear, he, he ran down the stairs and out the back after the explosion. Out. Get out! we go that is uh that is just a brief clip now we're gonna have the entire uh movie up on the archives and i knowing youtube they're probably gonna give us a copyright infringement thing usually that is just where they turn over monetization to somebody else which we don't monetize our channel's not monetized anyway but uh that gives you a flavor of what went on in 1940 just over a small election there in um in in the town and here were veterans who went to the local armory, got the guns, and did what they did. Most of us today, if you're, if you actually believe in the Second Amendment, uh, you have your arms already at home, uh, so you don't have to do that part. But I think there is an issue to where you're seeing that this just isn't a bunch of people just say, "Hey, we're just going to go do this." Uh, there is uh, somebody who's been elected. There is somebody who is leading them against the corruption of even those who've been elected, but they're not upholding their 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 oath. Uh, specifically here, we're seeing the veterans. Uh, as uh, Captain Carl, you were mentioning before we started it, that uh, a lot of these were veterans 
who went in and did what they did. And I know it's romanticized. You know, it's all, you know, it just seems like it's just too easy to do. And I realized that doing things, it was probably a lot, not as simple as the movie portrays. But I think there is something that should give the people encouragement that they can go and they can be a part of the solution that they're demanding rather than depending on the same corrupt people uh, to provide the solution that they're responsible for doing. Right. And I would say this also. You know, as as I was watching this this movie, actually, it's a documentary of what happened, really. And there's even real real time pictures in there, black and white pictures in there. Um, but I would really like to see. I have a new motto that comes out from this movie, and I'd like to see it. I want to see it go absolutely viral. And that motto is. In these days that try the in these days that try the souls of men, I'd like to see this motto come out in reference to this movie. What are we going to do now, George? Yeah. Remember when he grabbed everybody said, "What are we yep. going to do now, George?" Talking to the guy, and then he started handing out uh, firearms from the armory. Exactly. I want to see the motto. What? Are we going to do now, George, become viral? I want to see it viral over the entire union, every county of the union. I want to see signs. What are we going to do now, George? Because what happened in Athens is exactly what happened with the addition of voting machines that reverse votes through a program and a memory card that goes into the tabulator. And uh, like I said, everybody needs to see that movie, Hacking Democracy, because a bunch of citizens, a bunch of rulers and leaders that are over the president of the United States from a typical neighborhood went out and investigated the election. And they found out, and, and and they got some computer scientists and stuff like that, okay, and help, other help. And they investigated and found out that the voting machines were voting in reverse, from from what you know from what was being elected by we the people and so they did something about it you got to see that movie hacking democracy cuz that is exactly what happened besides the bribes and besides all the other stuff that we see, that we've seen uh when the media would re- actually report the news um I'm glad I have to say I mean Fox is nowhere near perfect but if it wasn't for Fox News and uh, and and Sarah Carter, especially Sarah Carter and uh, John Solomon, God bless those two. I mean, um, I don't know about John Solomon. I think he's kind of neutral. I think he's you know really being a, a, what a journalist is supposed to be. I know Sarah Carter is a little bit in the Trump cult, and 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 I I don't like that either. And I also don't believe in Trump because he's violated our constitutional laws so many times he can't shake a stick at it. And he certainly hasn't executed the laws of the union, particularly the most important law of all, which protects our our individual rights, which is the Tenth Amendment law. Um, and 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 he isn't doing his duty as he swore an oath to do, and no presidents have since 1913, with the what I call the trifecta of constitutional treason and tyranny. And this is so important. I got to say this again: the trifecta of constitutional treason and tyranny of 1913 is the advent of the ratification of the non-ratified 16th Amendment, the ratification of the non-ratified 17th Amendment, 
all by lie in the tally of state ratification votes uh, by Secretary of State Philander Knox under the tutelage of Socialist and Chief Woodrow Wilson. And that's what just started destroying our republic of laws, not men. And the 17th Amendment, the, 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 the state senators are supposed to be selected, selected by the state legislature. They're not supposed to be elected by people because then we're subject to the fallen nature of man. And that's what the Constitution was specifically designed to prevent, to protect us from our fellow men, to protect us from mob voting rule, whereby they would have the IRS go and steal our wages, our salaries, our property, and our liberty, and our lives, and give them to others, whoever the Republicans or the Democrats need to buy votes. Paul Ryan, Speaker of the House, told me to my face that Republicans have to buy have to violate the Tenth Amendment law so that they can buy conservative votes, so they can buy enough Democrat votes to to stay and, and to buy hundreds of millions of dollars in corporate campaign donations in order to 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 procure or maintain the Republican power. He said that to my face in a private moment. I kid you not. Almost all the Republicans are on the same page as Paul Ryan. They got to violate the 10th Amendment law in order to have power. What does that mean? That means they have to send in, the Republicans and the Democrats have to send in the IRS to steal our wages, our salaries, and property before we even get our paycheck. Our paychecks, according to the, the, the Supreme Court of the United States, are supposed to be double because the Supreme Court of the United States ruled in several different cases, neither uh, in income taxes nor employer taxes apply to the people. And why? Why don't we have income taxes? How come there's no such thing as income taxes on people? There is income taxes on corporate income taxes. That's legal. And that's what has always paid for the military every single year since the Constitution was drafted up or signed, you know, put into power, ratified. Yeah. 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 And, 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 and the reason is because all spending, according to the Tenth Amendment law, is reserved to mm-hmm. the states respectively or to the people. Let me read it to you. I got to read this. Let me just read this. It's, it's, this, is a, this is right out of the Constitution, Tenth Amendment. The powers, which means spending, not delegated to the United States by the Constitution. Mm-hmm. They're referring to Article 1, Section 8 there. That's where there's 18 enumerated items that they have that we delegated, we, the rulers and the leaders and higher powers of this country, we delegated these 18 things to, to, the, to the Congress and to the president. Nor prohibited by it to the states are reserved to the states, respectively, or to the people. Not reserved to the Republicans, not reserved to the Democrats, not reserved to Trump, not reserved to Biden, not reserved to Camilla. They have no power to take our guns. That's not one of the 18 items that we gave, that, that we delegated right. to. We, the rulers and leaders of God didn't delegate that power to them. Yep. Okay? We delegated that power to us, to we the people. And so we got to stand. So I have one question for everybody out there. What are we going to do now, George? Well, and that is that's going to be up to the people. The education is the big process. It's getting people in the mindset and understanding what their authority is that God has given them and that under our form of government, 
that, that our forefathers established for the people. And again, this goes back, I can point you back to the book of Judges, where the people did their duty. Read Judges 19 and 20, folks. Uh, about what went on in there. If that's not one of the clearest explanations of the people carrying out the execution of the law, I don't know what is. I hope you guys are encouraged by what you hear. Uh, Captain Carl, we appreciate you as always. We're going to have Captain Carl back on tomorrow, and I think we're going to get in this issue about 1913 and the Fed and the debt and this lie about the economy and all this other stuff tomorrow because I think that is really the underlying issue that we have as a problem that's corrupted the system, it's corrupted the people, um, and it's made way for the U.S., you know, just violating the Constitution all over the place, not just here, but in their foreign policy and things of that nature. So guys, I hope that you'll join us then. Uh, 23, 22 and a half hours, we'll be back with you. Don't forget, if you want to help our health and wellness expert, Kate Shimarani, if you feel led to do that, we're going to have a link in there. We'll have a link into the a movie here in the archives today. And we'll also have a link to that uh, Hacking Democracy uh, documentary so you can see that as well. That'll be at Sons of Liberty Media.com later on this morning. Guys, we'll talk to you tomorrow morning. Captain Carl will be joining us again. And uh, until then, see ya.